up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 96 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. What's up, man? Welcome back. Yeah. We got a we got a stacked show this week. I know. I was putting together the doc, and I was like, holy hell, this is going to be a long one. We got some great questions. We got some Fire Emblem news that people are, <laughs> they have feelings about. And we have a pretty fun main topic lined up, too, uh, from a question from one of you fine Patreon supporters. So, of course, if this is your first time joining us, welcome to the Potscast, LootPots.com's weekly Nintendo podcast, where we get together and talk about all things Nintendo. Of course, you can get us all around the web. We're at LootPots on social media, where you can write into the show. You can also join our Discord and the Potscast channel. Get your questions like all the fine folks in our MailPots section did, or write into me at Pete at LootPots.com. If you want some more content from us, of course, we're... On the dot com, we got the YouTube channel where we got all kinds of video essays. We got the Twitch channel where we're streaming every Thursday night. It's a great time. Hope you'll come out, check it out, come do some of the other content with us. But of course, the best way to show your support if you want to go above and beyond is to head over to patreon.com slash loopods, where for just a buck, you can get access to our Patreon exclusive show after dark, where this week we don't have anything planned. So I'm excited to see where it goes. <laughs> But all right, that's that's enough shilling for now. Let's jump in to talk about what we're playing this week. Uh, I I want to start things because I played a little Red Lantern, yeah. which um, we've both been hyped about for a while. Last night over on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Lupots, I was streaming this for like two and a half hours or something like that. Shout out to everybody who came and hung out. It was a great time. Uh, and I'm really into it. Okay, good. Because I was, I, yeah. I saw someone posted a video on Twitter, and the frame rate looked god awful. So I was really apprehensive, and I was waiting to talk to you to find out what it was like. I ran into like a few hiccups here and there. Like there were some jerky um, animations sometimes. Like uh, two of the dogs in my pack will regularly like be on their back when you're idle. And then, like, the sometimes the animation transition from them being on their back to being, like, forward and running was, okay. like, awkward. And I had, like, two encounters uh, where, like, the animation didn't play properly, but, like, I still got the result or whatever. So it's, like, very, very minor bugs that I experienced. For the most part, the frame rate was, was consistent and nothing that I, I was, like, clocking as being a problem. So maybe I was just lucky. Um, but... I mean, like I said, I played it for two and a half hours straight and I I ran into very few technical issues. I was far more impressed with its art style and direction than I was um, critical of like the the bugs that do exist. That's good. That's good to to hear. And what's the gameplay like? How's Ashley Birch in the game? Like, give me give me the whole hit. So uh, let's we'll start with with the gameplay. Uh, it's definitely different than what I was expecting based on what we've seen, but it's different in a way that I like. So I know, you know, we had talked about it when the the most recent trailer came out, I don't know, two, three weeks ago or something like that. And, you know, we we talked about how it's like a survival roguelite. And I was kind of like wondering how the story was going to play a factor there and everything. And like, how do you have a voiced game that's, you know, a roguelite and procedurally whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, So it's not like that. There is like a static map and the game is actually more like a choose your own adventure thing than it is like a um, like first person survival game, you know? So like it's definitely still a survival game because the entire game is like based on resources. So like you have 
I think it's five resources. There's meat, um, wood that you can use to start a fire and cook meat for yourself. Um, the dogs can eat raw meat. Uh, you have bullets, which you can use to hunt or defend yourself. Um, and then I think there's like one other thing maybe that comes into play, but I, I'm forgetting it right now. But basically, um, each run is dictated by how long you can last with with the tools that you have. And the more uh, encounters or experiences that you go through in each run, you'll unlock like certain things that'll take you into your next run and that's kind of where the roguelite element comes into it so like for example um the first time that i did a run through i used all of my bullets and i had successfully hunted a few different animals so i got a permanent increase in the number of bullets that i spawned with every game um and like i found like an axe right and if you find this axe and you take it you get that every time you spawn from then on and that makes it so that when you harvest wood, it doesn't take any energy away from uh, Ashley Birch's character. And like energy is the whole thing that it comes down to where it's represented by like um, a stomach for you and then just like a paw print for the dogs. And you need to keep the dogs fed. And every time you go through a marker, um, they'll lose a gauge. And then for your character, you have to keep them fed. And every time you do an encounter, you lose one of them and like certain encounters will take one or whatever. So like there's over a hundred unique encounters that'll happen and it can be anything from like you found an ax or you found an abandoned uh, cabin that you can go look in or like a wolf attacks you or um, you see an elk and you stop and, and interact with it. And there's like branching things that happen based on like what items you have and what decisions you make. Um, so like, for example, one of the first things I had was like I encountered a caribou and I like looked at it before I tried to hunt it and I did like a caribou call and it worked. So I learned the skill to be able to call them basically and get them to come right up to you. And then it makes it so that you don't have to aim the gun. You just basically automatically get the kill in the meat um, because there's like a mini game for lining up to shoot. That's very hard. So it's like really easy to miss shots. And like you only have like five, uh, three bullets to start. And then you can the max I've gotten is like five and then you have to find them. Um, but like where the choose your own adventure thing comes in is that it's like you're never controlling the character in terms of like walking around or driving the sled. It's literally like you have a map that's like a very rough outline of the wilderness and like where you need to go. And you'll get to these markers, which is like I mentioned, that's where the dog energy goes down. And it's like go left or go right. And then when you make that thing those randomly generated like quote unquote events will happen. And then you have to like make those calls based on what resources you have to see like how much longer you can survive. Okay. That's really different to what I expected. Look, I thought it's you were going to be like controlling the sled and moving them. And okay. I thought it was going to be more like, like something like the forest, you yeah. know, or like, you know, um, I don't know, like don't starve or whatever. Like it was worse of like more of a proper sur uh, survival, like, first person action sim kind of thing um and it's not that at all were you disappointed or pleasantly surprised pleasantly surprised okay um because i've played those games before you know and like what interested me about this game was like the art style and like ashley birch's voice acting and all that stuff um so i was kind of into it in spite of the fact that i thought it was going to be a game like that and now that I'm like, oh, it's this, it's way more my speed. Like, it's way more a kind of game that, like, I'm into. You know, like, it reminds me of, like, um, 
Reigns, which was like that that card game where it's like you just oh, keep yeah. making choices and it's like I and I loved that game. I thought that was really fun and it kind of reminds me of like like a Telltale game or like you know like uh, Until Dawn or something like that. Like it has elements of that kind of stuff where like you're making decisions and kind of feels seeing a bit how more, far you can a get. bit more passive. You're kind of watching like a movie experience and. Um, I wouldn't say that because there's like, there's stuff is like the timing of like the shooting is like a pretty involved mini game kind of thing where it's like, there's these two, like, um, there's like a a thing moving straight, like horizontally. And then like another cursor that's kind of bouncing and you have to get them to line up to get the shot. And like, uh, the events that happen, like happen with like a timer. So like you have to make this, like it's, it's definitely more passive than like an action first person, like swinging a, a weapon kind of thing. Um, but it's not, I wouldn't say that it's like a game that you like, don't have to like pay attention to, I guess. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's not, it's not like super like walking simulator slow. It's, but it's slower than an action title. Okay. TV game. Um, or are you like invested in Ashley Birch's character, the story you want to hear it. You can possibly be prized away from it with, you know, some shit on TV. I think both. Cause like the, the interesting thing about, so I, that was your other question, right? How's Ashley's performance? Ashley's performance is great as always. Uh, what's interesting about it is like the way that they frame it is it's basically like a Groundhog's Day situation where every time you die, you wake up in the car that you dr- are driving in the beginning okay. of the game. And she's like, oh, my God, what a terrible nightmare that was. Like, you know, um, that won't happen this time. You know, whatever. And you just keep going, going until you, you know, beat the game, I guess. So is it, is so like, it, the narrative it is, is a time loop or does Ashley Birch not know that she's reliving the same day over and over again? I... I think it's just a framing device. I don't think it's like a, a supernatural thing where she's okay. actually reliving it over and over again. I think it's just like, it's like kind of a clever way to make it make sense. Yeah. Um. So like what's interesting about that is when you do have those encounters, like some of them, you know, are, are there's, only, there's like a hundred. So there's tons I haven't seen yet, but there's several that like, I know what's going to happen when it comes up, you know? So it's like, the dialogue doesn't change in those instances. So like there is certain things that will like repeat and I could see being like, all right, well I, you know, I I'm, I'm trying to get my resources so I can make it past where I've made it so far. Um, and I could see doing that in kind of like an autopilot TV game kind of mode. But to me, I think the, the voice acting and like the, the sound design and the ambient music and everything is so pleasant. Like that's a big part of, of the appeal. So I think you could play it that way, but I think you'd be doing it a bit of a disservice. Okay. I think I'm thinking we're going to have to pick it up. I've been excited about it for, for months since we saw it at that first indie, indie highlights. I, I highly recommend yeah, it. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I think 20, I'm going to get this one. 20% off discount right now too, for the first week. So, okay. Yeah. That's worth picking up. Yeah, definitely. Now you have to guess what I've been playing based on last week's discussion. And I think, you know, anyway, Oh, I I think I should know. But you definitely I, I don't. should know. You've even seen a picture related to it on Twitter this week, and you like commented on it. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, what's wrong with me? I don't know. I I, I don't even have the faintest <laughs> guess. Right? Is it Diablo? Yeah, Diablo three. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. <laughs> 
And so I actually ended up buying a second copy of Diablo 3 this week because Macaulay loved it so much and got so frustrated that we couldn't both do the inventory at the same time or like we'd have to pause the game to inventory manage or change skills and do all of that stuff. And Macaulay was getting so frustrated that it would take like 10 minutes out of the game in order for us to do all the management stuff. Um, So I ended up buying a second copy and we've just been playing that nonstop like we blitz through act one, we're on to act two. But for the first time, I managed to use that stupid amiibo that I waited like a year and a half for it to arrive. Insane. The the loot goblin, it finally, finally served its purpose. And oh my god, was it worth the wait? But what I didn't realize was I ac- accidentally had this piece of armor on that I had no idea what it did. But but it the one of the like magic powers that this armor had was when you pick gold up, it gives you XP. Now the the loot goblin opens like a portal to this place which gives you loads of gold. It gives you loads oh, of God. gold and like items and stuff. I went like twelve levels in the space of like Holy two minutes. Shit, that's awesome. <laughs> I got six million gold because we went through this portal twice because you can use it each person, like you can use the amiibo separately. Uh, so we went through the portal twice. I got six million gold, ridiculous armor, uh, and and leveled up so much. Like so, so much. It's ridiculous. So that piece of armor, That's as hilarious. low powered as it is now, it's st- stashed away in my stash, ready for me to use whenever I get this amiibo out. And I can do it daily. So I'm going to be absolutely loaded if I keep playing this game. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> I guess it was worth all the trouble. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, it was it was absolutely worth the trouble. And I'm so glad I I I I'm so glad I played Minecraft Dungeons and it reminded me how fun Diablo style games are that I went and picked up Diablo. And I was also sort of reminded because they uh, Blizzard's done like um been doing their quarterly reports on Diablo 4 and they like unveiled the new skill tree and did all of this stuff. But that's way out in 2021, I think, and it's not coming. It's not been announced for Switch. I don't think it will be coming to I'm Switch. Sure unfortunately, come much later. Um, so for now, Diablo three is is definitely filling that void in my life, and uh, and I'm loving it. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are having fun with it. All right, so let's jump into the news. Uh, first one on the dock is Nintendo is selling solo Joy-Cons for 40 bucks uh, starting on the 9th of November, and I am salty about it. And not for the reason that most of the internet is, which is just every like any it's any time that anybody that Nintendo says anything about Joy-Cons, it's just like, drift. Oh, for, it's 40 bucks for a controller. It doesn't work. Drift. We get it. We all know. We all know that Joy-Con drift is a problem. I'm just so tired of people bringing it up. Like, should we give Nintendo shit? Yeah. But like, uh, I'm just so like, I'm so bored of like the same tweet every time. But anyway, sorry. I'm not here to talk about that. I'm here to talk about how annoyed I am that it's just the blue and red. Come on. Why can't I buy any of the cool colors? I'm really frustrated by the whole Nintendo only wants to sell like dual colors that don't match in like these packs already. That's already annoying. But now it's like, (laughs) are you kidding me? Just let me like what I'm saying is that I'm literally willing to spend an additional $40 on a second thing so I can have a normal set. 
Well, you know I just I mean? wish they like, sold the alternative set because here we got uh, the Splatoon like green and pink ones was the inverse of N- North America. So I could import them, but why don't they just sell both sets? That's what I'm saying. But like, that's the thing is I am such a mark that I'm like, oh, I, why can't I buy a regular purple one so I can have two purples or two oranges? And that makes me a dumb sheep, but I would still <laughs> do it. And I'm mad because they they didn't even give me the option to get screwed over by them. And I'm, I'm uh. presuming this is the first time they've sold solo Joy-Cons in the US. I think so. Because oh, Japan's had it, for, I think, for a while, if not since launch. And I know they just reduced the cost there a few weeks ago. So oh, they these aren't for sale in the UK. And from what I can tell, I don't think they are coming to the UK. Uh, they still haven't been announced by Nintendo UK. So I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed they do, because it would be a really nice... You want them? Like, it's a nice cheap way to buy a replacement Joy-Con for one that's drifting. That's true. What a, what a, it's so frustrating that it's come to this. Yeah. Fix fix the goddamn drift, Nintendo. Get it together. <laughs> well, I'm getting real pissed off. In in regards to colors, have you ever been tempted to to like shell them? You can buy some of those custom shells or custom colors and replace them out. Yes and no. Like I am not very handy, so like taking controllers apart and fixing things is something that makes me super anxious. It's so easy and. You say that, but I replaced the joystick on my GameCube controller, and one of the buttons is sticky now, and it bothers the shit out of me because I know it's my fault. <laughs> oh yeah, that would I be pop frustrating. it back open and fix it. But either way, uh, so I, like I've been interested in it, but like they're so expensive most of the time too. It's like I don't know. Yeah, like, if I-, I knew somebody who had a 3D printer, probably. But, like, I don't want to spend $90 on a shell I have to put on myself. I kind of want to get the see-through ones, though, like the semi-translucent ones. My buddy ones. did that. Yeah, they look so cool. Reminds me of my old Game Boy Pocket, which I had the see-through one. That is cool. Wait, they had a see-through Game Boy Pocket? They did have a see-through Game Boy Pocket. It's still in my parents' house. Dad, dad bought, that. like, this stand from Etsy to put it on display. Like, he's, like, secretly just a, a weird nerd. And, like, he's put my GameCube on the shelf. And he's bought this display for the, for the Game Boy Pocket. I want to hang out with dad so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a cool guy. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so moving right along, uh, the latest expansion to Pokemon Sword and Shield, the the Crown Tundra, excuse me, is out now, and I have not played it. So I'm going to try to kick the tires on it this week, and I'll come to you guys with some more impressions. But until then, I got nothing to say, except I've heard it's good. It looks good. We'll see. I have zero input on this because I have not even played the base game. As everyone knows, I'm not really a massive Pokemon fan. You're just, you just. I'm the worst. Don't even wanna, I just want to yeah, catch them all. That's all I want to do, Pete. I just want to catch them all. <laughs> what better? T- oh, whatever. You know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna try this. <laughs> I'd rather. I'd rather you play Fire Emblem than Sword or and Shield, Persona so. Five. After last week's like spoiler cast on on the Patreon page, I'm genuinely considering it. You and Zay did a fantastic job, and I listened to 36 minutes of that before I had to turn it off because you were about to spoil some. <laughs> we're getting into spoiler territory. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I do. I do think it was a good uh, conversation. Shout out to Zay. Thanks for coming on, bud. Uh, remember, just a buck for After Dark. So, if you're interested, 
Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because I know that people were probably expecting me to come with takes this week and I don't have them yet, but uh, I'll, I'll get around to it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to be honest. I'm not super like in the mood for it right now. So like, I don't know, you know, like uh, I, I liked Sword and Shield and, you know, like I, I reviewed well that I've had a lot of fun with it, but I don't know that I'm in the mood for a Pokemon game right now. Like I'm really in the mood for a pick like a I am actually very excited yeah. for Pikmin. Um, and I think that's the thing is like I'm kind of in the mood for like a like a meteor like triple A game right now. And like I think that's partly just like the new console like itch, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I think if, if there's a Nintendo game I'm going to play this week, that's if it's not Hades or Red Lantern, it's probably Pikmin. So we'll see what happens. But I, I'll, I'll have takes for you eventually. I'm going to get to it one of these days. All right. So the big news this week. For the first time outside of Japan, uh, the original Fire Emblem game, Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, is coming to Nintendo Switch, fully localized. But, oh, it's coming out on, on December 4th for a limited time. This is bullshit in so many ways. The Nintendo... Vault strikes again. So apparently, apparently this is a thing we're just going to have to contend with from now on, which is... No, I really hope everyone just revolts against it and it's just like, nah, fuck this shit. But I know they won't because I fell into that trap and I bought that Marion game because I wanted it for my collection. Exactly. And I know if you're a huge Fire Emblem fan, you're just going to go and buy this. Of course you will. So, all right, so let's... Let's get through the story before we start throwing out our takes here, right? So uh, it's going to be available until the franchise's 30th anniversary on March 31st, 2021. Um, I guess March is when all the games just stop existing. But okay. Uh, $5.99 digital. That's USD, of course. There's a $50 special edition, which um, admittedly looks cool. Uh, It comes with a a replica uh, NES game cart. And like an old school sleeve and uh, a book. There's uh, a replica game box and like an instruction manual, a nice art book. There's a Nintendo Power reprint poster. Like it's very, very cool for the collector. Uh, But a lot of people upset about the fact that there is no game cart. It is just a download code of the game, Um, which is, I guess, not super surprising. Like, they're not going to print carts for yeah, but a game for 50, that's a limited release. $50 and, and to not even just chuck a cartridge in. Like, it really just goes against game preservation. 100%. Yes. Everything to do yeah. with this is just like, nah, fuck it. We've translated this once. You can buy it for a limited time. And we're not even putting a cartridge in the box. So if in the future, I, when we take it off the store, you might not ever be able to download this again. And like, I... uh I'm with you from the game preservation side of it. It's super, super irritating. I don't think the $50 is unreasonable for what you're getting. No, it does look like I I just clicked onto the the picture. The art book alone could probably cost like, you know, $30 or $40. It's like a hardcover book. Um, So just on that note, I, I I don't think it's an unreasonable ask. But like the fact that there's not a cart is definitely like, I think, a slap in the face. And I'm sure they did that to keep the cost that low. Because obviously, like, you know, the the switch carts are pretty pricey, um, but it's uh, it's de- it's definitely not a great look, you know. And and I totally understand why people are upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, another wrinkle that some people were upset about was that the game's already available in Japan on uh, NES Online, 
I mean, quite Switch, rightly, but... I think they're upset about it. You're, you're asking for $6 for a game that should be included in the Switch Online subscription. Arguably, though, I mean, like, the All the, it is is a translation, translation is patch. You, there's been translation patches available for the NES ROM for years. People who wanted to play this game have played it. It's not really that big of a, uh, of a task to patch in some different text. I think that's a fair a fair point for sure. Um, I mean, it's just one of the other kind of elements of this that is like not again. It's it's not a great look, and I get why people are like feel burnt. Um, just to kind of wrap up the informational side of things, uh, they did add some new gameplay features, like similar to some of the stuff we've seen on like the NES online versions of like the games that we've gotten so far, like. Um, like there's a save states and a rewind function that, you know, exists in three houses, obviously. Um, so like they've added some kind of like modern quality of life stuff to make playing an NES game a little bit less like playing an NES game. I'd love to know um, what the UI looks like. I really want to know if it just looks like the Switch Online UI, like the rewind and the save states and the the, the, the way I it all feel, works. I feel like there's a very good chance that it does. <laughs> and if it does, people are just going to lose it. Yeah, they're going to be mad. They're definitely going to be mad. Um, so, okay. So, uh, Zade, one of our Patreon supporters, as we just mentioned, wrote it and said, what's going on, Loot Pots team? Hope all is well with you guys. With the announcement of Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and Blade of Light, I can't help myself but be excited but also a little worried excited because fire emblem three houses got me fully into the series but i'm worried that going back to one of the original titles will make the series overall worse for me being used to how fire emblem three houses feels and looks i'm not sure if the pixel style will suit me for how i perceive fire emblem how are you guys feeling about this announcement and how do you think of the uh, oh and what do you think of the timed exclusivity of the game zadita i mean i think we both can say the timed exclusivity is our bullshit yeah yeah, it's 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 shit. And like, you know, I I remember saying uh, with the Mario thing, I was like, ah, eh, you know, like it sucks and it's lame and it's anti-consumer. But like, I don't care that much because I'm going to buy it anyway. And like, I'll have my copy and that's that. Um, this definitely rubs me the wrong way because of the game preservation angle, because I think when it when it comes to the Mario titles that were mentioned, it's like sunshine hadn't been re-released since the gamecube so there's like that argument there Mm -hmm. but like all the rest of those games are like very available and super easy to get your hands on and play on like a fairly modern console um so you can well you can play all of those on a console with hdmi if you really wanted to right so that's you know like that i think that was part of why i felt a little bit cooler about that one especially because like they had done that previously on the wii for like the what the 25th or the 20th anniversary whatever and it was must have been the 20th. Um, and it was like a very similar thing where it's like, hey, it's Mario All-Stars on a Wii disc and you can get it for a month or whatever. And that's it. OK, fine. So it's not, you know, it's not like this hasn't happened before. And it's not like Mario 3D All-Stars was setting a precedent. So I think that was kind of why I was like, yeah, business as usual. But with this, it's like it's the first time this game is coming to the States. And like, I don't know, I, like the fact that it feels like they're making a habit of this now definitely is like kind of making me like pump the brakes of like, okay, Nintendo, come on. You know, like this is really what we're doing so that you can cook the books. And make really, that's hundred percent what it feels like. Yeah. It's like, Oh, 2020 yeah. was a short year. We really need to like pump it up. So the investors are happy. 
And I mean, the thing is that like their stocks at an all time high, like, and it's like not maybe not an all time. Don't quote me on that, but it, it's it's been trending upward real yeah. high this year. They've been selling like hotcakes. We talked about it a couple of weeks back with the whole Apple uh, iteration main topic, where that was one of the main reasons that people were talking about it was that like people are looking at Nintendo stock right now, like they're going to be huge in another couple of years here. Like they're about to have another major spike. Um, so it's like in a year where you're already crushing it when it would have been really easy for it to be a shit year, it definitely like feels like you're like, they're doing this specifically to like push the, the last quarter profits up. Right. Of like, buy this limited edition stuff. And of course, a lot of, a lot of us are and will because we want it or because it's cool or because they want to try the game, you know? And like, I don't blame people for wanting the stuff and buying the stuff. It's shitty that Nintendo's like taking advantage of that, you know? It's like it feels like a very anti-consumer move, and like, not that Nintendo's new to anti-consumer <laughs> moves. They've definitely done shit like this in the past, and you know we've lambasted them for for you know less, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't. This one really feels gross to me. Yeah, and it, it disappoints me. In response to Zade's other point about it feeling like it may jade his opinion on Fire Emblem as a series. I, I don't think it will. I think you go with the entry to the series. I think a lot of people see Mario 64, for example, as their entry point into the series, and that is what all Mario games resonate from. And when you go back and play the 2D Mario, the original ones, it probably feels a little bit different to them. And I think you can probably separate it as like a different franchise. But being someone who played Advance Wars, I can imagine it's going to feel very similar to that. In that sure. same pixel art style, maybe a little bit low res because obviously it's an eight bit system rather than a sixteen bit. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I definitely don't think it would like color this series for for me or or you, right? Like I I don't I don't really think it works that way. You know, like if you like three houses, you like three houses, and I don't think going back and playing any other Fire Emblem game and realizing that you don't like it as much means anything other than you don't like it as much. Yeah. And I have that fear. I've expressed that about how like, I kind of would love to go back and like play like awakening and like the, the 3ds fire emblems that really put the series on the map. But I want, I worry that like the quality of life changes and like the differences in the mechanics and the differences in the, the social system and stuff like that would make me not uh, connect with it as much. So I'm kind of more looking forward with the franchise now that I'm in rather than being like, let me re- retroactively go back and check out this other stuff. Um, that said, I am kind of interested in picking this up and at least kicking the tires on it. Cause like, it would be cool to like see the roots of the series and get a sense for, you know, like where some of the stuff that you're still, you still see cropping up today, like came from. And, um, I, but I'm like, I'm very into retro games, you know? And like, I like them for that reason. Um, like I'm not necessarily the type to be like, Oh, like I love retro games cause they're better. And I, you know, I'm going to go back and play the entirety of Legend of Zelda every year or something like that. But like um, when I did do a proper playthrough of the Legend of Zelda for the first time a couple years ago uh, for like a Let's Play series, it was like, it felt very edifying. You know, it was like, oh, this is cool. Like I'm like filling a gap here where I'm getting a sense for where this series that I love came from. And I can see this, how this thing, you know, this entry influenced the entries that I'm more familiar with and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So like, I think from like that, preservation that historical standpoint like i really dig going back and playing old games and getting getting a sense for what they're about and like 
will this game grab me and I'll com- absolutely complete it? I don't, I don't know. Maybe it could, um, especially because it has quality of life fixes like save states, which yeah. is, I think, the biggest barrier to games like that um, in the modern era. But like, there are NES games that I've played on Switch for the first time that I did really get into and complete, like the like Mega Man. Like I'd never played through the original Mega Man's like in any proper way, and like I played through Mega Man two and three uh, on the Switch through the Legacy Collection, and and I didn't finish three, but um, and and was like I love this game, you know, like that made me fall in love with it. So we'll see. I, I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to to give it a shot. And, but but and not for the collector's edition. You're just gonna get the download. Now. Yeah. I mean, like, I would like the collector's edition, but I'm not enough of a Fire Emblem fan f- for that to be an investment that I think makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. I I think for me, the whole jading thing and like tainting your view of the series really only comes into effect if you played that game as a kid and you have such a fond memory of it, and you go back and you play it. And it's trash. Like I've had that experience with so many things, mainly with movies. Like you go back and you watch a movie or a TV series that you thought was the best thing ever when you were a kid. Yeah. And you realize as an adult, it's actually terrible. And, and that's why I kind of leave things well alone. Things that I was like a massive fan of. Um, like I think we had this conversation when the Mario All-Stars thing came out. I tried Mario the camera really, really 64, annoyed me. Yeah, I tried 64. The camera really annoyed me. And so I just left it. I know the game is great, but it's just not for me now in 2020. And I can imagine that's probably going to be the same way for a lot of people with Fire Emblem is that they played Three Houses. They like all the modern stuff. They like the social aspect. And that stuff's probably not in the first game. And so it will feel a little bit maybe disconnected from what they see and perceive Fire Emblem to be. Yeah, but I think like, I think that's just like an expectation you have to go in with, right? You know, like it's going to be more akin to, like you said, like an Advance Wars or a Warframe or, you know, whatever. Um, a more like tactical RPG, just like straight laced. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm interested in it. Um, we did have a, another comment I wanted to loop in. This one came from at uh, Koopa Koopa on uh, Twitter who said, Hey, Lupots, love the show. Don't really have a question for this week's podcast, but I just wanted to say that I think that what Nintendo is doing with all these limited release things is really anti-consumer, especially when it's a downloadable thing and doesn't need printing. I think that's fair to say. I think that's fair to say. So we'll leave it on that. Uh, so I also uh, threw out <laughs> in our tweet when I was going to get uh, you know questions for the show this week, I was like, Yo, all right, what do you think about this week's Fire Emblem news? Like, give me your spiciest hot takes and I'll read them. And we got we got two replies I wanted to read real quick. This one comes from at Nick uh, Benevia on, uh, or I'm sorry, Be- Benevenia. There we go. Uh, it's an Italian name. I should be able to read it. <laughs> uh, and uh, Nick said, not spicy, but all I want is a Switch re-release of Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. The series hit a serious high note with those two. A couple of people like that one, so I'm going to take your word for it, pal. Uh, and then uh, this one actually comes from my buddy uh, at Tiger underscore Millions, who is the biggest Fire Emblem fan that I know. Uh, honestly, it's probably the worst Fire Emblem game to bring to the West for the first time. Dated as fuck, had a remake for the DS, 
Fire Emblem 3 was a remake slash sequel for the Super Nintendo that holds up a lot more. So get excited. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, yeah, that's really like high praise. That's, and that's from the person whose Fire Emblem opinion I trust most. So, okay. Let's jump into the mail pot. Uh, this one comes from the Tyler Olson, one of our Patreon supporters. He said, would you rather live with the personal gravity physics of Mario, floaty jumping, double jump, etc., but have a Mario style mustache that can never be shaved off or own the master sword and shield and all of Link's skills in combat, but you can also never speak outside of yells and grunts. Mario, 100%. <laughs> I love this fucking question. <laughs> you know, Tyler, I'm incapable of growing facial hair, so I'll take the mustache, and the Mario floaty graphics, uh, gravity physics will be just a, a bonus. I'll be able to reach high places. You just want the mustache. Yeah, I just want the mustache. <laughs> Everything else is a, is a bonus. Uh, it's funny because the first thought I had was like, well, if I do the link one, I can only yell and grunt anyway. That's how I communicate 100% of the time. So what would even be the difference? I would just be a wicked fighter and have a cool sword. Um, that said, I don't feel like there's a lot of usage for that. No. Like, what like what am I really doing with that stuff day to day? Maybe use the hook shot to make, you know, my commute a little bit faster. But, you know, I don't know. You won't even have um, any bragging rights because you won't be able to tell anyone that you've got the master sword because all you can do is just grunt. <laughs> I just show him the sword. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going with the mustache and the jumping. Yeah, I mean that. I to me like. Plus, you're Italian, so it just it really just fits. It just works, and yeah. like eventually, I want to be a dad. Mario's mustache is a perfect dad stash. That's the mustache that my dad has and has had my entire wow, life. Okay. So, I feel like I'd grow into that really well. My dad had a mustache, and then it kind of grew into a goatee as he got older. And now it's just that's like, what he has yeah. now, actually. Yeah. But it's still like it's the the mustache is like what I think of, you know, yeah. like when I think of my dad's face, <laughs> it's with the mustache, not the goatee. Yeah, that's a recent development. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a fucking luxurious mustache. So you presented that as like a downside. I'm like, that's Definite all win, baby. Bonus, and like you'd have to comb it and everything. Uh, there's definitely oh, some yeah. some um, grooming involved with that, that facial hair. For sure. yeah. It's going to make that... eating certain foods a lot more troublesome. Mm. But... Oh, imagine hey. having like a tomato soup and just go all over. Just have like a red Yeah, no, stash. I have a mustache. That happens. Oh, okay. See, I don't know <laughs> what that's great. like, Pete. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> This one comes from Trendy Brendy from the Discord. Thanks for stopping by for the stream the other night, man. Uh, and he said, if you had to reset over and over to catch a Pokemon with optimal stats, how many captures in would you go insane? I'm using my Master Ball because Jesus catching legends is still hard. Uh, I haven't done this in quite some time, um, and it drives me fucking nuts. It's, this is the kind of shit that why people don't want to get into competitive Pokemon. Because it's so obtuse and cumbersome and ridiculous. So the fact that they're like increasingly making shortcuts to that stuff so that you can just play the fucking metagame uh, is a-okay in my book. I can't relate to this other than say if it's anything like re-rolling stats on items in Diablo, I can totally feel your pain. I, I must have salvaged and remade the same pair of boots 10 times last night on Diablo before I got anything <laughs> that was decent. Yeah. It's it's like that. It just takes longer. That was like a, a go-to t- TV game for me in my youth when I was uh, breeding and catching competitive Pokemon. It's like, oh, I want to 
Reroll for stats on this legendary. Guess I'll watch a movie. <laughs> Just do this like a hundred times until I get something. See, imagine if it was a mobile game. It would be watch this advert and then you can reroll the stats for free or pay 99p for some gems. <sighs> that's that's, that's <laughs> no depressing. Words. It's a depressing thought. Okay, so this next one comes from that Doc guy, another one of our Patreon supporters. Shout out to Doc. He said, if you could pick any third party, he said, if you could pick any third party to have their games brought to Switch, which would it be? Personally, I would kill for Sea of Thieves and Rare Replay to come to Switch. So I went in, I'm taking that as third party studio. So if you could pick a studio to have the entirety of their library come over and we'll say work perfectly. Yeah. What would you want? Bethesda. You already get Bethesda games I on want, Switch. I want Fallout on Switch, and it hasn't happened, and I want to play Fallout. And I'm counting New Vegas as a Bethesda game. I know it's not really... Oh, you would get it. You'd get all their games. I just feel like that's such a waste. No. Like, that that might not, happen like, anyway. What game have we got that's Bethesda? We've got Skyrim, and that's it. That's and it. And Doom? And Doom Eternal? No, that's and... not really Bethesda. I'm counting Bethesda Game Studios, not like Bethesda as in ZeniMax. Okay. We've got one Bethesda Game Studios game. That's it. To be fair, you would also then get... Well, New Vegas is not a Bethesda uh, yeah, I'm saying I'm counting then, so. that one, even though it's Obsidian. It still has Bethesda Game Studios on it. Feel like it's, you're cheating. It, no, it's not cheating. It's coming. Or Feel Rockstar. Like I could go for some Rockstar games. But a that GTA nice. Five, that would be nice. Give me Red Dead Redemption 1. Yeah. And table tennis. That's got to come over. Rockstar's table tennis is fantastic. (laughs) Classic. Uh, With the Bethesda example, well, no, you're only saying Softworks. I would want the publisher if it was going to be, because I'd want- That's cheating. You said studio. Yeah, that's true. I want want Dishonored. (laughs) Well, if you could put- You can have Arcane then. Bring Arcane over. Nah. But they've only got like two games that you want to play. No, they've, I mean, they got a lot. They've got, yeah, but you want to play this I want to play them on Xbox. And Prey, maybe. I'm finally going to play Prey on Xbox. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> There's going to be a huge software drought after I play all the brand new shit. So I'm in. Um, hmm. You know, I saw this question way earlier and I was like, I'll figure it out. You still can't think. You know, I, I guess my cop out answer is Bioware. Because, like, I would love the Mass Effect collection yeah. and, and, like, Dragon Age. Like, I, I would love to play those games again on Switch. Um, but then again, I almost feel like I'm more attracted to the idea of them getting, like, the remasters that have been rumored and just playing those on, like, a console. So it's like... Mm. Okay, yeah. Not that the Switch isn't a console, but you you know what I mean. See, it feels, feels to me like that's the kind of thing I would, if I'd already played it, I would want to play handheld. Like Skyrim, for example, I've played it a bazillion times. It came to Switch and it was that was a great TV game. You know, you're exploring a sure. map, you're roaming around. And I can imagine with you, with Mass Effect, it would be the same. I wouldn't want to do it as a TV game, though. You know, like I, the whole point of that game is like the dialogue and the, and the music and the atmosphere. And like the gameplay is fun, but... Plus, you'd have Dragon Age as well on Switch. That would be good. I would love to play Dragon Age again. I've been thinking about like getting it. Like I like, saw figuring it out Dragon Age Inquisition PC. in like uh, a game exchange store today for like one ninety nine, and I was so close to buying it. But I think you said Inquisition wasn't the one you like. Inquisition is. I have a complicated relationship with it. I like it, but I think it's the worst Dragon Age game. That was the one that they made in the Frostbite engine and uh, okay. the Frostbite engine is shit. And you can read in blood, sweat and pixels about how much of a problem it was <laughs> for development. Cause like the story of the game is good. 
and they introduce uh, some new mechanics that I really like that are underutilized. Like there's this thing where you're the leader of the Inquisition and you get to like pass judgment on certain people. And it's like this unique mechanic where you can like, you know, execute people or conscript them or do these things. And it's like these cool story beats. And it's like there's only a few of them. And it's like I would have loved for there to be more of that. But like the big thing was that they were like, we have open environments now and there's all these different maps. And it's like there are these huge empty worlds with nothing to do in them and like there's so many fetch quests and it's like if i had known that when i started playing and just mainlined the good shit i think it's a really solid game okay so like if you get it for like two bucks and you're gonna play it and go just do the good stuff yes it's definitely worth playing um but i think just on like a story you know gameplay experience level like the gameplay might be better in Inquisition, but I, I prefer Origins and Dragon Age 2 stories over them quite a bit, despite the fact that Dragon Age 2 does have its own problems. Its third act is very rushed. But nothing's perfect. Mass Effect, though, it's good. All the way to the end. Yeah, one, two, Except and three. Except for the actual end. And not Andromeda. The, the, the very, very end of Mass Effect 3 is the thing that everybody hated, and it's like to me, it's like, ah, whatever. Like, yeah. the last like cutscene's not good. Who gives a shit? <laughs> I th- honestly I think Docs is is the best pick for something that would be a great rare. fit for Switch is rare yeah it would, really would be a great fit and and grab by I the Ghoulies I love Viva Pinata oh yeah Viva Pinata that would be amazing and and grab by the Ghoulies is great and and I love that sure. game and and on Switch it would just it would just fit perfectly that would be good because that should rare have been, is a good answer that should have been a GameCube game. I mean, Except all of that era's would... games should have been GameCube games. Yeah. Sea of Thieves would probably not run very well. No, but you've said Switch. it's running perfectly, so that's fine. We yeah, the online that. would be a problem, though. Oh, yeah, definitely. That we can't That we can't account for. No. <laughs> We'd have to hope that they like get the team that did Epic's Fortnite online, because that stuff is solid, and it has built-in voice yeah. chat, and the matchmaking's fantastic. Yeah, you know what? Okay, so we'll assume that it has all that figured out. Yeah. Because it's possible. It's just most games are not bothered with doing it, right? I think the only other answer that comes to mind to me right now, and I don't want to, like, stall this out for too long, is is maybe Don't Nod. I would love to have Life is Strange, like, the entire Life is Strange yeah. series. And uh, that new game, uh, Tell Me Why, that's on Xbox. Um, those would all be great Switch games. And it's kind of insane to me, frankly, that Life is Strange hasn't come out on Switch yet. It's like on phones. Like, it definitely could run. Who's that? It's published by I, Square, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. I would have thought they would have done it. Like, they put games out on Switch. I just, yeah. I don't get it. It's weird. It's a weird thing that it's not there. They seem like to pick, years later. They seem to pick really strategic, specific games that they think fit Switch. And most of them are JRPGs. Which, like, fair? But, like... I don't know. I, I I don't know. I feel I feel like those games would kill on Switch, frankly. All right, so let's jump into our main topic. Uh, this is one that was sent in by Wakahula, who's another one of our Patreon supporters, and uh, he grabbed a quote from one Michael Patchter, who's uh, a video games analyst who stuck his foot in his mouth this week and uh, was getting dunked on all day, basically. So uh, this is the quote. That was kind of making the rounds. He says, I think the smart thing would be to get rid of the Switch console and only have the Switch Lite. Get rid of the docking station. Get rid of playing on the TV. Maybe offer a Fire Stick style dongle for those who do want to play it on the TV. 
And he had said, like, he doesn't get the whole modular console thing and blah, 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 blah. And so Wakahula says the light isn't even close in sales numbers. And if I remember correctly, there was a significant, significantly large percentage of players who do play docked as well as handheld, um, as well as people who play docked only. Uh, so then he said, what's your take on these comments and what's your preferred style to play? So, I mean, my take on these comments is that I, I kind of think that this, like, I, I don't like to like just disparage people, but I don't get how Michael Pactor has a job because he's kind of a clown and he's made a lot of really dumb comments like this over the years. And it's one of those things where like some of the, the video game analysts out there, like Daniel Ahmed is one who I think is a really smart guy and has often made, yeah. I was going to bring him up because, because he was tweeting about this and absolutely like just piling on and, and even pulled up slides from, from Nintendo saying like game gameplay where TV's primary is like 20% handheld is 70% where people play in both is like the majority. It's like 70% playing both 30% play just in handheld and 20% play just in TV. So it's a fairly even split. And like the thing that killed me too, is like part of the quote, he said, Nintendo isn't that smart, you know? And like, it's just like, I don't know. Oh, and he goes, he goes, uh, I don't get really understand the whole hybrid concept. I don't think most people play it in both modes. I would say that maybe 20% of switch owners play both modes. And I think that most switch owners play it in handheld only. Um, so I honestly don't understand the whole point of the hybrid. Who cares? Play it as a handheld. And like you said, that's patently false. Like, it's like, this isn't like a, in your, he's like, oh, I think, I don't care what you fucking think. Nintendo has data. That yeah, they have released. the metrics. Yeah. That it's like 50% of people are playing in both modes. Like it's, it's a hundred percent categoric. They are playing both in both modes. And that is the majority of people. And, it, and like anecdotally, I know very few people that play exclusively in one mode. Like I have one friend who only plays it connected to a TV and I have one or two friends I can think of who only play it in handheld. Yep. I have Everybody one, else is modular. I only know one person that only plays just in handheld and he only bought the console for Pokemon and then they later on released the Switch Lite and he kind of wished they just had the Switch Lite and he'd have just bought that because he only wanted it to play Pokemon in handheld and he doesn't play anything else on it. Yeah, so... That's that's my initial take, right? Is that I just I honestly think that I think this guy's a clown, like, and I I don't get how he has this job because like, uh, so this was one um, uh, the Dezi- the Dezeal, who's a uh, <clears throat> a content creator who we're we're mutuals, we follow each other. Uh, he had a good tweet about this today. He said things Michael Pactor, video game analyst, predicted we couldn't compete against PS three three sixty and would force Nintendo out of the console business. We PS3 360 would be the last game consoles. Consoles will die a slow death. Xbox One would outsell PS4. And while I was looking at other dumbass predictions he'd made, um, friend of the show, Liam Robertson, also, uh, <laughs> he had a tweet about it. Like, this was coming, I was Googling it, and this is a tweet from like two years ago where he had made a comment about how nobody would buy Labo and like it was a dumb idea. And, you know, it's just like, you know, I, he's like. I mean, no, what nobody clocks. did buy Labo, and that's the reason they haven't made any more, and they haven't made well, any no. that's compatible with the Switch Lite. <laughs> what I, well, what I was about to say was that a broken clock is right twice a day. But, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, uh, the the thing that Liam had said, he was like, "Oh wow, look, it's like the first Michael Pactor prediction to come true." 
So like, uh, that that's you know like I, I'm not saying that the guy's never been right, but to have this meant this much of a track record of saying that like things that clearly worked out and were big hits were dumb ideas, and then him being like Nintendo's not that smart, and like I think only it's like what are you even talking about? Like why why does why does anyone pay you for your opinion on this? Like I mean you've got to th- like you've got to wonder does he have an incentive for this? Does he is he like trying to short their stock or something or is he just trying to like I mean isn't that illegal yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh is he like not trying to ramp up just um coverage for himself and with these incendiary comments to get people just talking about him because he's everywhere you know you you search for him today and he is on every Nintendo site every video game site is talking about Michael Pacta today I guess, but it's like everybody was talking about what's his name from from Google the other day because of his comments about streaming like yeah, five I, years too I was late. Gonna, I was going to bring that up on After Dark to talk to you about. Yeah, we could talk about that over there. But it's just like, do you want that kind of attention? That's, that's a negative. That's a negative <laughs> lightning rod on your back of like, oh, hey, uh, it's my job to make predictions and make smart comments about video games. Here's an awful fucking take that everyone on the internet and all of my peers are going to fucking dunk on me for, for 24 hours. Like, like I didn't even know his name before now. And I'm like, wow, this guy's a, this guy's got no game. Like I could do this job better than him. Are you kidding me? I didn't go to business school or anything, but uh, (laughs) if you would, if you'd put a gun to my head in 2013 and been like, what's going to sell more PS4 or Xbox? No, I see. That's a difficult one because Xbox 360 was, I think, perceived by many as the winner of the previous generation, even though they. It was, but on paper, it literally wasn't. The PS3 had caught up by that point. And also, the Xbox One had that horrible (laughs) launch reveal that everybody on the internet was dunking on them for. And Sony came out with their February thing and said all the rights. You know what I mean? Like, did you ever go back and, like, look into that, though? Like, they announced a TV studio. A fucking TV studio at yeah, E3 I press remember. conference. Like, what the hell were they thinking? That was that was when I was like first getting into games journalism and stuff. And like, I remember I watched those conferences and took notes on them. And I literally like was on a podcast that many years ago for the website I used to work for, and was like, Sony's got this on lock. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I don't like. I'm not sitting here being like, oh, I'm a genius, whatever. Like, I feel like it's the point I'm making is I feel like those were obvious things, you know, like. The whole Wii thing, I could give it to him, like, whatever, fine. I know a lot of people were prognosticating about the end of console generations and Literally all that kind of stuff. Literally everyone was. Like, I think even Sony and, and people around them were saying, oh, the PS4 is the last console. It's going to be the last one. And and I, even, I, I will say, this is a thing where I was right in prognosticating Pete was right. I thought that was dumb then. I was like, why? Why would consoles stop existing? Yeah. Like, Everyone was like, oh, we're going to move towards a singular gaming platform. I do think, Why? though, eventually they are going to to go by the wayside. And I eventually. think streaming will take over. Yeah, but like... That's it's too early. That's soon. like way out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe you could argue that this could be the last console generation because we're actually seeing that technology come to fruition. But, like, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, internet infrastructure is still garbage in most parts of the world. And... I don't know. Like, I don't, I personally, I wouldn't want to opt for that right now because then you live in a world where if the internet's out, you can't play games. 
Yeah. People are already uncomfortable about the idea of like all digital consoles, let alone being like, you don't own anything. It's all in the cloud. I'm I'm not saying right now, but in say 10, 15, 20 years time. Like I don't think yeah. you'll have a box in your in your house that you put a disc in to play a game. No, I, I think this not. will be the last generation that has optical drives. There's no I would way agree with that. that's happening next next time around. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um and I, I do think that like they're they'll eventually go by the wayside, but like the technology has to be it has to become as seamless as as Netflix was when it broke the media landscape and it's not. And I don't think we're anywhere close to it being like that. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, great. So we're all in agreement. Yeah. We're very smart. We're all in agreement okay. that Michael Pachter is a clown. Uh, Michael Pachter is a fucking <laughs> clown. You heard it here first. <laughs> now that's the hottest take on the internet today. <laughs> yeah, right? Wow. So controversial on the podcast. <laughs> Had to take a few minutes to dunk on Michael Pachter. All right. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us here for another episode of the podcast. Uh, this was a blast. Thank you for everybody who wrote in. Uh, you made the show fun one this week. I appreciate it. Remember, if you want to get your thoughts right on the air, just like all these fine folks did, there's a number of ways that you can write into the show. You can hit us up on our weekly Twitter thread, usually on Thursday when we record the show this week. It was on Friday. Uh, but again, that's at Pots. Turn on Twitter notifications. We rarely tweet, so you'll only get notifications when we're going live on Twitch or when we're getting questions for the show. So I think it's 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 pretty easy to get it over there. Uh, but you can also, of course, come and join our Discord where we've got an always growing community of potheads getting together, talking about video games, helping each other get pre-orders for consoles, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, and of course, get all your questions in the podcast channel over there. You can also write into me at Pete at Lupots.com, just like Zade did. And uh, that's another way to get in touch. Of course, like I said, we've got the Twitch channel every Thursday. We've been streaming last week. Uh you know, in your time when you're listening to this. I was streaming Red Lantern solo. Uh, Steve will probably be back with me this week. We'll find a new game to play. So if there's something that you want us to play, let us know. Maybe we'll do a little Pikmin. Maybe we'll play some Jackbox. Who knows? Uh, let us know what you'd like to see us play, and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and do that. It's and then last but not least, go ahead. It's definitely they want to see you play Diablo 3 with me. That's 100% what it is. Oh, it's never happening. I don't want to buy that I game. Like, I'd play it with you, but I don't want to spend $60 on that yeah, game. Yeah, that's for absolutely fair. You buy me a copy and I'll play it with you. <laughs> maybe I'm, I would be tempted by that. Okay. I've already bought a copy of it this month, though, so maybe next month. Maybe next month. Yeah. I don't want to give Blizzard too much money. Sounds good to me. Uh, so the last but not least, of course, if you want to get a little bit of extra loot pots in your life, uh, you can head over to patreon.com, hit us at that $1 level and get access to our Patreon exclusive show After Dark, which we're about to hop into right now and probably dunk on some other people from Twitter. So uh, we'll catch you over there. And uh, if not, we'll see you next week for another episode of the podcast.